if you hey my um you're going to build a big company and and i don't say that it was obvious to me how we're going to get you know to 100 million revenue for example yeah. you know in, in a few years but uh this is the kind of company we wanted to build like we never set off to build like a small company or wanted to build like a, a successful solution or something that's going to be profitable uh mm -hmm. we both were aligned on on the fact that we want to build a huge company uh and we felt like we had you know everything that's needed in order to do so so we always aim to build um, a big company and I feel this is part of why we've been successful and why we, we managed to kind of triple our revenue uh, every year since we launched the company. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey fellow brain pickers and welcome to episode 153 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today I'm really, really excited to be picking the brain of the founder of Monday.com. I'm a huge fan and user of Monday.com. It has totally, totally changed my business, and I'm not exaggerating. Aaron Zinman, the founder of Monday.com, a team management and CRM solution for businesses of all sizes. They currently have over 350,000 users in 141 countries, including clients like WeWork, Carlsberg, Wix, and Fiverr. And they are on target to generate over $100 million dollars in annual revenue this year and they plan on becoming a platform used by every business on the planet. In our conversation, Iran reveals what he learned from spending $7 million a month on ads, how they tripled their revenue last year, how to execute on ideas, why you should do everything in-house, why you should fall in love with problems, how to hire the right people by asking the right questions, why customer service is the best investment you can make, and what company culture really is and why it's so important and much, much more. Oh, and by the way, can you guess how much he spent on the domain name monday.com? I'm really excited for you to get into this. Highly, highly, highly recommend you listen to the whole thing and you have a notepad in front of you or just listen to it now once and then go back and listen to it again because the amount of value that was dropped in this podcast was incredible. So without further ado, here we go. Here's Eran Zinman from monday.com. Hey, Eran, welcome to the show. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Did I pronounce that all right, by the way? Because you have Iran, Iran, Iran. Yeah, well, yeah. it's Iran, so uh, I think Iran. that is fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> by the way, guess what day it is today? Uh, well, it's, it's Monday. For That's start, right, which... Monday, <laughs> monday.com, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. By the way, so I'm a huge fan. I told, uh, I told you this before we went on. Um, I'm a massive, massive fan of monday.com. Um, it Thank literally, you. when I say it saved my business, I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, it literally saved my business. Um, I always had, my biggest issue has always been organization. Like I'm an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and, and like most people listening to this, entrepreneurs, we're all over the place, right? We're throwing things on the wall. We're like trying to get organized, right? We got, we build a team and the team's not communicating and then we just like, it just doesn't work, you know? Um, and when someone told me about, well, first of all, Iran, your marketing yeah. campaign is 
insane it's like on <laughs> steroids man like Thank I you. Saw which one all of them uh, i'm on youtube <laughs> it comes up on youtube it comes up on facebook i just keep seeing it. it's like boom 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 first of all like how much are you, how much money you, you must be spending how much money are you guys spending are you able to to say that how much money are you spending on 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 ads a month yeah sure uh one thing i want to state before we begin is yeah. that we're uh we're a very transparent company it's it's one of our uh, core values so i'll be happy to share any numbers or figures or whatever okay uh, cool. you're interested in um right now we're spending about uh seven million dollars a month on what? performance marketing yeah say that again uh, seven what seven million yeah seven million dollars a month yeah yeah on oh performance marketing goodness me what do you mean by performance marketing well it's it, it's basically uh the way we advertise is on you know the usual suspects um uh, any channels ranging from Facebook, Instagram, Google AdWords, and obviously YouTube, uh, and, and many more. Um, so when I say performance marketing, that's like a direct response kind of marketing where you see an ad and you can click you know, on a banner or on a video and you go to a website as opposed to you know, offline campaigns like billboards mm -hmm. or uh, you know, TV commercials or anything like that. Which one's performing the best for you out of Facebook, Instagram, uh, AdWords, and YouTube right now? Well, they're all amazing channels, but I think you know, what separates uh, one from another is, is different audiences. So when you advertise on channels like um, you know, Google AdWords, you find people with very specific intent, meaning somebody mm -hmm. that look for you know, a project management tool or a event management software or any of the, of the other keywords that we bid for. While um, on Facebook, for example, uh, it's mostly based on you know you as a person and and your kind of preferences. It might that you not be looking for a project management tool at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, but kind of the algorithm of Facebook help us target you as a potential customer. Maybe for now, maybe for the future. Wow. No, that's incredible. I want to delve more into it, but before I do, I want to get a little bit of, of your personal background. Like, how did you, first of all, what were you like growing up? Did you, were you always into tech or marketing or entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm defining myself as a computer kid, uh, starting to write code at the age of eight, I think. That's when really? I started. Yeah, I fell in love with it. Uh, you know, back in the days, it was like, it felt like magic. Um, <laughs> I got my first computer and, and it was so much fun just diving in. Mm -hmm. And um, I, this is basically what I've done all my life, uh, writing code and writing software, but I was always in love uh, with the product itself. I think that you know, writing code is great, but it, it, it's, it's a means to an end. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I always was excited about creating uh, very cool you know, software and, and projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a few startups before I started Monday. Um, all of them was a complete failure. Uh, really? You know, in retrospect. To talk about that for a second, because a lot of people, they, you know, we hear about all the success, <clears throat> excuse me, all the successes, but we, we don't hear a lot about all the failures. Talk about, a little bit about, you know, the, the failures that you had and what happened, what went wrong. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I can talk about my most uh, glamorous one. Okay, uh, that's her. <laughs> So um, I think it was, you know, 24. Uh, back then, I started my previous uh, startup. 
um, it was a search engine for user reviews. So basically, I crawled the web, uh, uh, scraped user reviews from almost anything that had reviews on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ranging from hotels to products to reviews on people and build this massive search engine. Um, you know, I had, it was before the Amazon days, before you had AWS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a computer farm in my house. I rented oh about goodness. 25 computers. <laughs> yeah. wow. That's insane. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, I had uh, like a special inter- internet connection. And, uh-huh. and, you know, to cut a long story short, I built a product that uh, wasn't tested in the wild. I fell more in love with the technology than the solution itself. Mm, and, and, and I made so many mistakes uh, back then because I thought it's all about the technology. It's all about you know, build, building a very scalable solution mm-hmm. as opposed to finding a real you know, product market fit and get a feedback from customers. Um, so you know, it's one of those things that you hear all the time, but I kind of heard to learn the hard lesson uh, right. in that case. So how did you come up with the idea from for Monday.com? Because first of all, there's so many CRM systems out there. I mean, there's Zoho and there's, uh, what's it called? Um, there's the big one, uh, um, Salesforce. Salesforce, of course, the right multi-billion dollar company there. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many. I've used, I've used literally, I would say, dozens of mm-hmm. of CRM systems um why build another one it just it almost seems like why would you go into an industry that is just so saturated you know it's funny uh they compare us to other CRM software because uh part of what we do is CRM but a lot of people will uh classify us as the project management tool or okay, but then you have tr- okay but then you've got Trello and you've got all yeah, the yeah. other right yeah so um so look, I feel, first of all, you know, personally, I'm not a big believer in ideas. You know, I think uh, they're kind of uh, over-glorified and always people, you know, ask you, how do you come up with an idea? I don't believe in ideas. I don't think it's about the idea. Uh, I, I, when Roy and I started the company, uh, we fell in love with a problem, right? I mean, it's, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. that we have this, like, amazing idea one day we woke up and, and said, you know, this is what we're going to do. We fell in love with the problem because we felt... Um, I'll give you some background on, on when we started a company. So uh, yeah. Roy was, was my partner, uh, uh, basically has the same background as I do, uh, also into computers, building products, also had startups before. And, and he's your both, partner, right? Do you have one partner in the business? Yeah, it's two of us. Uh, and you're both, techie? you're both techies? Yeah, we're both techies. That's uh, very both unique. Both products. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have, fall into the classic, you know, uh, one tech guy, one business right. guy. One marketing uh, guy, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, um, okay. So anyways, um, so we both kind of failed with our startups at the same time. And I think, you know, after you fail, um, I went to work for a company. Uh, Roy went to work for another company in Israel. And uh, both companies did fairly well. They'll, they scaled from 50 people to over 400. And, and we met every, every few months and, and we shared kind of the same frustration of, you know, you, you see this company scale and it's very hard, you know, to keep everybody towards the same goal and sync between different teams and how do you communicate and how yeah. do you share knowledge. And, and, you know, no solution that we had in the market back then kind of sold us in, in a good way. Um, so we sat down and said, you know, it doesn't make sense that there isn't like one good tool that we can use. I mean, there were you know, 
tools in different niches, like for project management or for CRM, but not like one tool to help kind of unite the whole company and solve these problems across. Mm-hmm. So we fell in love with the problem. And then, you know, this is basically how we started the company. And, and the solution itself and the product really evolved throughout the years. You started out with a name called The Pulse, right? It wasn't Monday.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happened with that, right? You launched it as The Pulse. And then why would, why would you change the name? Yeah. So, you know, when we started, um, we started ver- with a very simple solution of solving communication problems. Um, you know, um, something might be similar to Slack. Back then it was Yammer. Uh, I don't know if you recall, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a product called Yammer. Uh, and, and we kind of thought that, you know, solving the, the problem that we came to solve through communication might be a good idea. Uh, it wasn't, but you know, back then it felt like this is how we started the company. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a big part of it was that we felt we want to be the pulse of the company. You know, the pulse. Ah, I get uh, it. Right. Yeah. And and you know, problem was that uh, pulse.com wasn't available back then. Right. Uh, so uh, you know, we made the next best logical decision, which is to search for a domain name that was unregistered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we found. The Pulse and the with D-A Pulse. D-A, uh, The Pulse, okay. Yeah, it was for nine ninety nine. so we no said, way. you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, okay. Yeah, it wasn't very popular, so right. uh, we yeah. just picked it up. Uh, and, and, you know, it was great for a while, but I feel that the more the company progressed um, and we started to inquire bigger and bigger customers, the, the die in the beginning uh, wasn't a good fit. You know, it hmm. feels like street talk or something that seems unprofessional. Right. Uh, also, many, it felt like the Pulse bar wasn't kind of conveying our message in a good way. How many users were you at when you switched names and changed your branding? So we were uh, fairly big because it was a big change for us. Um, right. I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was like, a, you know, probably a year and a half ago. So oh, I would assume wow. we had more than uh, more than fifty thousand, fifteen thousand paint cup companies back then. That's incredible. So you—that's a huge move. I mean, to go with all that marketing that you've invested in there, all your clients, like everything you've built, and just do a whole massive brand change. That's a big move. That's a that's bold. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think part of our philosophy as company, but also as founders, is that you have to make those bold moves in order to win. And, and it's a big part of our culture of, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like looking into yourself, thinking what's the best move, trying to be bold, trying to be courageous, uh, not try to kind of reduce the risk, but trying to, what do we need to do in order to become a huge company? What do we need to fix in order to become, you know, the next Salesforce or the next, um, you know, I don't have any other example. Well, what do we <laughs> need to biggest. do to in order to become like a household name of how yeah. to manage your company? And for us, we felt that the brand back then wasn't a good fit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we felt that this is kind of the change that we need to do, always in, in, in looking into the future and thinking what kind of company we want to build. What was your big goal when you started out? Like, did you ever imagine you'd be where you are today? Like, what's your revenue today? Yeah, so just to show some numbers, um, right now we have... 60,000 paint companies uh, wow. using, using monday.com. Uh, we have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 63 million in annual revenue. 
uh, and the company is growing very fast. So we almost, so we tripled our revenue numbers uh, last week, uh, last month, uh, sorry, last year. <laughs> not bad for that. one, one yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty awesome, yeah, yeah. man. Wow. I got from a week to a month to a year, but yeah, it was a year. Even in a year, uh, that's insane. Triple in a year? Wow. Yeah. At this yeah, stage? Sorry. Yeah, uh, doing it a month, it was uh, probably wishful thinking, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so we, tri we triple our revenue. $63 uh, million, dollars a year. So if I came to you, when did you start the Pulse? How long ago was it? So we launched our product in 2014. Okay. Um, if I yeah. came to you and Roy 2014 when you had your your launch and I said to you, hey guys, uh, yeah, you're going to be at $63 million a year, w would you... Was that was that like re reality to you? Did you think that that was going to be a goal you're going to reach? Did you have big goals, or were you kind of, yeah, we'll make a few million dollars or something? That would be great. Yeah, so I think you know it's 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 a big part of uh, how we build a company. I feel that if you aim high, um, you're going to build a big company. And and I don't say that it was obvious to me how we're going to get you know to 100 million revenue, for example, yeah. you know, in, in a few years, but. Uh, this is the kind of company we wanted to build. Like, we never set off to build like a small company or wanted to build like a, a successful solution or something that's going to be profitable. Uh, mm -hmm. We both were aligned on, on the fact that we want to build a huge company. Uh, and we felt like we had, you know, everything that's needed in order to do so. So we always aim to build um, a big company. And I feel this is part of why we've been successful and why we, we managed to kind of triple our revenue uh, every year since we launched the company. I'm doing some numbers right now. I'm not a big math guy, okay? I was actually kicked out of math probably more times than, <laughs> more times than I actually sat there. Um, but $7 million a month is what you're investing on advertising. That times 12 is 84. So that means you're spending $84 million a year, but you're doing $63 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would, I, I, I'm like, my stomach is queasy just thinking about that. Like, whoa, that's huge risk. Yeah, so I think you're not looking at, uh, at it in the right, right way. Because okay. um, first of all, by the end of this year, we're supposed to be, um, our goal is to get almost to $120 million in, re in annual revenue. Okay? okay, this is our goal. So by the end of the year, we'll be at $120 million, give it a take. This is, um, this is our goal, and this is where we're aiming the company to be at. Um, okay. and, and apart from that, this is annual revenue, which means um, how much revenue you got from your annual contracts. But uh, this is not cash flow. Uh, the company mm -hmm. is super cash flow efficient. Right now, our monthly collection is, is also almost uh, six and a half, seven million. So if you think about it, wow. uh, we get on a monthly basis, uh, give or take this amount that we spend on, in online marketing. And mm -hmm. so actually the burn that we have as a company the cash flow burn is very low. Uh, I can tell you that um, we uh, announced a $50 million raise uh, a year ago, I think, from Stripe wow. Group. That was our last round. Okay. And we didn't touch the money yet. Uh, we're very you haven't cash touched the, what, the money's just sitting there? Yeah. <laughs> You're kidding me. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the company is very cash efficient in that sense. But you're not profitable yet. Look, I mean, being profitable is not a goal. Uh, the fact okay. that we can spend so much money on marketing, I mean, we, I can lower the marketing budget any day and we'll become profitable. But I feel right. part of our mission is to scale the company and grow as much as possible. So, you know, our goal is, is to spend money and use that capital that we raise in order to uh, grow the company as much as we can.
So the, if the goal is not, when do you want? When, when do you stop? Because I mean, you can keep going, keep going, keep going. At what point do you then stop and say, okay, let's let's become profitable, or do you just yeah, want to so, sell? Would you just so, sell out? No, no way. Uh, this you is another sell? thing that it. If no. Salesforce came to you right now and offered you a three hundred million dollar, five hundred million dollar, what's the number that they would need to? Listen, like I. First of all, I feel that we're 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 building the next Salesforce or the next Microsoft ourselves. This is how I feel. Wow. And okay. and and to sell the company will be, you know, the worst thing I can do. Like I'm, we're having the time of our lives. We were <laughs> successful. We we feel that we building something great, and I don't see any reason on the planet to sell the company. You know, we're in the best position we can hope for. When you say you're having the time of your life, that's really interesting because this is like a lot of people, you know, they go into business, it's numbers and it's and it's just, especially in your kind of industry, it's very much about the numbers, right? Getting more numbers on, it's a CRM. Well, forget, let's not use the word CRM because it doesn't describe monday.com because it's really, it's a mix of collaboration, CRM, it's a whole lot of things, it's tracking. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't sound like Oh, this is fun, right? Fun doesn't necessarily come to mind. So, how are you? How does this become fun for you? What what what's fun about it? Okay, so maybe I'll explain a little bit what we're doing because I think we touched about it, and then I explain why I feel. Yes. Um, you know, I'm so excited about the mission that we have as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that uh, uh, you're probably using us as a CRM, right? I mean, this is how you kind of use this, the platform, and this is how you. Uh, perceive it, but basically, when we started a company, um, you know, just to describe what Monday is. So basically, Monday, our goal is is to help teams fulfill their full potential as a team, and it might be a team of five people, or uh, you know, a company of of uh, five thousand people or ten thousand people. But I think you know, it's all about the same goal, mm-hmm. and and basically, um, you know, I I've used uh, many software in the past. When people think about productivity. Uh, they usually think about project management or task management, uh, which I think is a very narrow perspective on what you can do with a tool and what are the problems that, that um, you know, businesses really face. And when we started Money.com, uh, we felt like we're not here to come with a, a very specific use case on how you can use uh, you know, project management software. I feel if you look at, at, at different software, you mentioned Trello, I think, or you, or you know, right, MS Slack, Project. Trello, right, you've got all these yeah. different, right. Yeah, so I feel they all come with a very specific agenda. Asana, you know. Asana's a big one as well. Yeah, Asana, for instance. Um, so I feel they all come with a very specific agenda of, mm-hmm. you know, this is a project, this is the subtask, this is the, you know, this is a, a, a chart that shows you how much you completed of your project. And you know what? I don't feel... It's, it's the right way to manage stuff. Because basically what all these software basically claim is that, you know, this is how you should manage. Now you should take your team and fit them into that mold or into that pattern of how you should kind of manage your team. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Every team is different and everybody is thinking in a different way. Um, so our agenda was very different. We said, we don't want to come with a very rigid solution of this is how you should manage or uh, or. I feel that the the flexibility and the fact you can customize the tool 
is how you should manage because this isn't like one way to build stuff and shape them. It's, it's all about, you know, different teams, different needs, uh, different ways you need to use the product. And, and, and more than anything, I feel that project management is only a small, small aspects of what businesses actually do. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, you know, managing projects, it, it's important, but, you know, 80% of what you do is, is you have your processes, you have your weekly cadence or uh, weekly stuff you need to do. You have customers, you have, you know, some people manage their stock, some people manage their uh, inventory. Uh, there's so many things that go into managing a business that it's not just about projects and tasks, you know, it's, it's, it's way more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we built something that kind of looks like a spreadsheet, meaning that uh, it's, a, it's a table you can customize with different columns. Yep. And, and, and the reason why we went into that direction is that we felt that a lot of people think in tables and, and it makes sense yes. for them to kind yep. of put their information that way. And, and, and just, you know, to do a, 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 um, a recap of how our users use us today. So today our users are using money.com for almost every aspect of the business. So they might be managing projects and managing sales pipeline, but also their HR processes and, and onboarding processes, and maybe also, uh, <laughs> you know, doing research and so many different things. And it be basically it becomes uh, the operating system of their business because everything fits into Monday and they can model almost anything that happens in, in their business into money.com. Mm -hmm. So I feel we, we, we are here on the greater mission of building this platform uh, uh, that basically business are running on. And when we see business, we have now businesses from all, over 200 different business verticals. It's not just tech, only 70% 70, 70 of our customers are known tech, 30% are tech. And, and we see people from you know, managing a retail shop using Monday, managing production floors, managing uh, clinical trials, managing, um, you know, tech companies, obviously, so many different use cases. So the fact that the product is so horizontal, the fact that basically a total addressable market is so huge, the fact that businesses run on Monday, you know, it gets me excited. It feels like we're building the next Windows. It feels like we're building the next office. It feels mm -hmm. like you know, in the future, all businesses are going to run on money.com. So for me, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest things that we can build. You really think that every, all businesses are going to run on monday.com? Listen, That's, I mean, obviously, wow. it's, it's not all, That's but huge. this is our ambition. Right. So let's go back to the beginning for a second, because, again, a lot of people listening to this, they might be at the startup stage or where they're just starting out. How did you go from that, that, that idea of doing this to then coming up with a minimal viable project? Like, how did you get it off the ground? How did you go from sitting there with, um, with your partner, having this idea, and then, okay, let's, let's do this, let's put it into action? Okay, so obviously reality is very different, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. not that we came up with this idea and then we went on build it and, and all the users came on board. Yeah. Um, so, uh, off, so we start with the problem. This is what I mentioned. So we were excited about building uh, something that's going to run businesses. It's going to be flexible. We had some core values. Uh, but we started with a, with a product that focused on communication. It was more about, I wouldn't call it chat, but uh, something that, feels more like Yammer or Slack, if, if you're familiar yes. with it. Uh -huh. um, and, and our first um, business partner or, or customer was Wix.com. Oh, wow, that's uh, a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, Roy worked at Wix before, so we had a relationship with them, and we built the first kind of prototype, and, and they were our first user. And um, what we found is that 
after we had you know pretty successful launch there, we tried to scale that to, to other companies as well. So we met with a few under. One second, um, one second. You know, well, that, I need a back. I need a backtrack for a second because you skipped sure. over. You know, you, I love it. You're just like, yeah, we we got Wix.com signed <laughs> up. And, well, how did you build the thing? I mean, surely this it takes time. It costs money. Didn't you have to hire developers? Like, how did you get from idea to a minimum viable project product that you can actually show Wix.com? Yeah, so, you know, in this case, it really helps that both Rui and I are very technical. So we actually build it ourselves. Okay. Uh, in I mean, spare time, very, I mean, you were working full-time jobs, right? Yeah, so so we, we both uh, quit our jobs. Uh, Wix wow. was the first user, and, and we raised money um, from Genesis Partners uh, mm-hmm. and Entry Capital. Okay. Uh, Those two VCs that uh, we raised the money from, we raised $1.4 million as our seed round mm-hmm. um, but, but with what what did you you just built a, a basic basic platform and they put so we, in money yeah well look the platform was very basic back then but Wix was using it and they we had like good retention numbers and and they were pretty happy with it but you know i feel that um seed rounds it, it's more about the people and the team and not you know about I think most seed investors realize that the product is going to change so much, so it's more about the team and their capabilities, yeah, uh, rather than you know a very specific product. So you both are CTOs. Did you not think of taking on another partner who is more the business, you know, or the marketing um, personality? You know, I I, I um, I'm always cynical about this stuff. Okay. This, there isn't like a pattern of how you should build a company because if you had a pattern, everybody will do it. You know, right. every story is different and everybody is different. And uh, for me and Rui, um, you know, Rui is, is, is uh, the CEO of the company and I'm the CTO, but we're very uh, different in how we run the company. We, we kind of run it together and, and we both do everything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And... Also back then, for us, when we have uh, when we wanted to do marketing, we just both of us went on and, and learned how to do marketing. When we wanted to do you know do business, oh, you started out doing the marketing yourselves. You didn't hire yeah. an outsource. You didn't outsource to a company to do the marketing for you. No, nothing. I, I personally really? am not a big believer in, in outsource. I feel there's a lot of value in, in kind of teaching yourself and understanding, you know, the, impl- the, the specific use case for your business. Really, um, wow, interesting. Yeah. So even so, today, even today, you, it's all in-house, the marketing, everything? Yeah, almost everything we do uh, is in-house. Uh, the way we do marketing, the way we um, obviously do sales and, and, and R&D and product, everything is in-house. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I believe that if you think long-term and, and if you think about building a big company, it makes a lot of sense to build all those skills and knowledge in-house. Right. And how do you find the right people when you're hiring? Do you have like a specific criteria for that? Yeah, well, well, this is a hard one. Um, okay. <laughs> it always is. It's the hardest one, right? Why? It's, yeah. oh, man. Listen, yeah. when, we, when we started, I didn't know how to interview. I, I honestly can say now that, and, 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 you know, the funny thing is, I was previously in a company called Conduit, and I managed I manage over 40 people uh, back <laughs> then, and I, I hired so many of them. But, you know, only, what's that? But when it's your own company, it's it's different, right? Yeah. First of all, it's different, and, and second of all, like realize how much impact 
uh, each one of these hires has yeah. on the company. And, and, and more than anything, I feel that the first kind of 10, 15 people in the company really shape the culture of the company. It's not just about the two founders. It's, mm. it's that first initial team that really shape and build the, the culture of the company. And, and, you know, given all of that, there's so much uh, you could screw that up you know, yes. in the beginning, and it's yeah. so important to get the right people on board because, you know, having just one person who's a downer when you start a company, it can yeah. ruin a company. So true. It's so important. I mean, talk about your culture for a second because I, I, rumors have it you have like a spa in your offices and you've got <laughs> a gym as well, like a full-time gym. Like, talk about that for a minute. Okay, but it's two different things. It's not the culture. I mean, the gym and the spa are, are, are cool, but yeah. this is now not how I define culture. So talk about uh, culture. Talk about culture first. Give us a definition. Like what? What is your company culture? And then talk about, I guess, you know, why the gym, why the spa. Like what? What? Add, what does that add to to a company? Okay. So first of all, you know, I, when people think about culture, they think about this uh, poster that hang on the wall with, that states five values. Uh, yeah. So this is not the case with us. We don't have a poster on the wall. Okay. Uh, what we do have is a real culture that we kind of built throughout the years and everybody feels it. Um, so which I feel it's, it's more important, you know, to walk the walk than, you know, talk the talk. Yeah. Um, so number one for us in our culture is being transparent. Uh, transparency is a big thing for us in the company. Everything in our company is fully transparent. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Uh, one exception, which is people's salaries. Apart from that, everything is transparent. How much money we have in the bank, what's our revenue numbers, how many customers, churn numbers, all the data is available to everybody, including what, what happens in board meetings and the board decks and everything, everything you can imagine. Okay. Uh, well, why, do you, why do you do that? Because most companies are afraid to do that because the people can come and compete and use that, those, that information against you. So for us, you know, what what's leads us is always, I feel that the value that you get from transparency is way, way um, more than, than kind of the downside of, of sharing all this information. The fact that um, we now have over 210 people in the company, um, and, and all of the people here are super smart, super intelligent. It, it would be a shame not to use their brains <laughs> in order to, to push the company forward. And the fact that they know everything that happens on the business side and know all the numbers really help us because everybody is pushing forward. And I feel it's just required for everybody to do their job in the best way possible to know all the numbers. Um, but also, I think it kind of protects uh, both me and Rui because I feel a lot of company, what happens throughout the journey is that uh, things aren't going as well as they thought and, and they have obstacles and issues along the way. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for management kind of to bury their head into the sand, you know, just ignoring problems and, and creating a proxy between the problem and the company where for us, it can't happen, you know, everybody knows everything, you know, how, what was our performance last week, last mm -hmm. month, uh, how's the company is doing, and, and, and guess what, when things aren't going as well as planned, everybody is pitching in to help, so, you know, for us, it's a very strong aspect of how we run the company. How do you keep uh, how do you keep your employees? Because I'm sure there are people being headhunted, you, you've got smart people working for you, um, how do you keep them staying with you? So I feel there's only one way to, one way to do it, it okay. is to build a, a, a very successful company and build a great culture. You listen, I mean, the spa room and, and the gym, that's bullshit. It's not going <laughs> to keep anybody here, you know? 
it, I don't want right. anybody to come work here because of, of, of that. And I don't want anybody to stay here because of that. I feel that uh, what makes people stay and what makes them excited about what they do is that they feel they're making an impact. And this is something that we really cherish in our company to make an impact and given, given them ownership, making them feel meaningful and the fact that they are super meaningful. So today for us in, in, in our company, everybody can make an impact. Everybody is a complete owner of what they're doing. And I feel it's so fulfilling the fact that you can move the needle and make an impact and make the company more successful. It's stronger than any spa or any gym, you know, just makes you feel like you're making a change and helping the company succeed, which I feel is, is way, way more important. Have you had any major um, disagreements with your, with your co-founder, with Roy? Um, uh, me and Roy are, are working very well together, which I feel uh, it, it's, it's one of the key uh, ingredients to making a, a successful company. I think it's the most important one. Because uh, most have partnerships the, fail. You know, most partnerships, they, they really don't work out. How do, how do you... How did it work? So we, we really put our ego aside uh, between one another and we have a very good communication. We talk all the time. So I feel this is the key. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very uh, good communication and very honest. And we all, always er, tell everything uh, to one another. Uh, and I really respect him and, and love him as a partner and, and a friend, you know, and I feel this is, I feel, I, I hope he feels the same way. <laughs> uh, so I feel it's just working great between us and, and I couldn't wish for a better partner. So, and, and let, yeah, I mean, we have disagreements all the time. I mean, we argue a lot, but in a very respectful and, 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 and a good way. And it's very productive. I can tell you that also within the company, um, there's a lot of disagreements between myself and other people in the company. Mm. Uh, and the fact that, you know, we kind of give ownership uh, uh, to people in the company is a lot of pe people come to me and say, listen, Aran, like, you're wrong, or, or we want to do it in a different way. Mm. And, you know, I'm very careful, uh, you know, not enforcing what I think and let people make their own decisions. Because if, if I'm going to force them to do something specifically or kind of... Um, put them in a different direction, I'm basically taking the ownership to myself. So it's very important for us to create a real sense of ownership within the company and let people make decisions and stand behind them, you know, in both successes and failures. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of those things that I'm really happy that the fact that people, uh, you know, uh, argue with me and, and giving me, you know, uh, feedback and stuff, it's, it's great. That's really interesting. So you don't have this kind of boss, like I'm the boss and I say what I say goes like it's it ends with me kind of thing. You, you allow your, you know, everyone to kind of have their voice and their say. Um, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Going back to hiring. So you said how, you know, you, you didn't have experience and or you didn't know how to hire at the beginning. So mm -hmm. today, how does it work? Someone wants to come and work for you. What process do you take them through? And what are the main things you look for in, in a person? Obviously, bef besides for the skill sets, what, what else are you looking for? Yeah, so let me just describe what we, I used to do uh, back in yeah. the day, which, yeah, which I thought uh, was great. So I would meet with a person, um, have their CV, and then you know, for an hour, that person would uh, tell me about themselves, you know, their experience and what they've done. And, and I would ask them questions about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, after an hour, I would go out and, and, you know, thinking to myself, I have no idea. 
you know <laughs> like uh like he told me a nice story it sounds good <laughs> like uh it sounds like he has experience i have no idea if it's a good fit for the company or not right um because you know it, it was more about how this person could pronounce himself which is important right but it's, it's not an indicator of, of him being successful right um so so one thing that would dramatically change in how we interview i would say if I, I had to sum it up, I would say one is we don't let them speak about themselves. It's, it's, we spend five minutes talking about the experience and then 55 minutes working together on specific questions, which the, the candidate need to really kind of explain and go through specific questions. And, and it's, it's, it's so much more interesting. And so it gives you so much uh, signal about that person that's that's been interviewed because that person because uh, you know what what I found was funny is that after I interviewed uh, people you know in the old way they would come to work and after one day I had so much better uh, indication about their skills and abilities mm -hmm. uh, so I thought to myself you know it doesn't make sense I mean I want to have the same um, um, you know knowledge uh, like as part of the interview, not after they come here for a day. Yeah. So it, we kind of try to simulate working together on specific stuff. Uh, so that's like the core aspect of the interview. So we kind of highlight three or four um, uh, characteristics that we want to measure. Uh, so when, f f just to give an example, when we hire project ma product managers, mm -hmm. uh, we look for execution because that's very important. Uh, something we call product sense, leadership, how do you uh, measure? How do you measure that? I mean, someone says, "Oh, yeah, I've got great execution. That's wonderful." But how do you yeah, measure? Yeah. So, that? so <laughs> the worst way you can ask him is, "So, how's your execution?" He's gonna say, "Great." <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, the best way to measure it, the best way that we found is is uh, to ask him a question that that really um, examines execution from from the question itself. So, for okay. example, uh, one one question that we asked them. And, and, and again, we're trying to be very short it, when we hire a product manager. We said, uh, we want to build a product uh, similar to Craigslist, for example, for uh, apartment hunting. Um, how would you make a product that's better than Craigslist, for example? You know, mm. just to, to check uh, like the that. product sense. Yeah, and, and they would go for like 20 minutes and we'll ask them questions and, and so on. Or, uh, you know, an, another question that we ask them is about uh, trade-offs. So, for instance, and, and we also try not to ask them about specifically about Monday because I come with a lot of knowledge. So, we try to pick like things um, that they wouldn't have known about. Right. Yeah. So, for example, ask them about, you know, Facebook or Twitter, like um, uh, Facebook want to decide between showing in the news feed an ad versus a people you may know component. How would you make this decision? Mm. And there isn't like a right or wrong answer. It's it's more about the thought process, and you want to see that that person kind of decisiveness um, as well. It's it's seeing how decisive are they? Can they take a stand and go with it? Yeah, and how they they analyze the situation, how right. how they think about every aspect of the of the problem. So, uh, and and the fact that you repeat the same questions from interview to an interview, you get a very good benchmark of who's the you know the top ten percent of people. And, and who is not in the top 10%. So hmm. I would say that we changed the way we interview people in the company throughout the whole company. And the interviews became so much more efficient. And we get, you know, so much better hires. It's been so dramatic for us as a company. Incredible. Talk to me about customer service because 
I'm telling you, every single person that I've uh, mentioned Monday.com to, and I talk to a lot of people, I'm like, everyone I speak to, I'm like, Monday.com is like I- incredible. They all say, yeah, the customer service is amazing. I remember when I first started with Monday, uh, I had a question and I got on a call with someone and they literally just gave me like 45 minutes of their time and walked me through everything. I don't understand how a, a company as big as yours is able to have because you look at some of the big big companies out there they're making a lot of money they've got a lot of uh, of clients but their customer service is usually really bad how do you keep your customer service level so high yeah so so this is something that was super critical for us uh, since we started a company uh we were really um affected by a book called delivering happiness um okay. if, if you read it Zappos, uh, isn't it Zappos? Yeah, it's, it's, I love this book. Uh, okay. I read it several times. Uh, and it talks a lot about uh, how to create an exceptional customer experience. And for us, from the, the very beginning, it was super important for us to create the best customer experience uh, our users can get. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just to get a sense, the benchmark in our industry, meaning other SaaS products, if you're going to open a ticket now in any SaaS product you're using, the benchmark is to get a reply within 24 hours. And this is like, you know, yeah. best case. Uh, for us, that's 10 minutes. Our benchmark and what? our SLA yeah, is 10 minutes and that 24-7. It doesn't matter if it's Yom Kippur, Christmas Eve, no uh, 4, 4 a.m. in New York or in Tel Aviv. It's, it's the same. We never <laughs> drop the ball on this one. That's uh, incredible. I mean, that, yeah. that's insane. How do you manage that? Though? That must be really expensive. 10 minutes to have someone respond in 10 minutes any time of the day? Yeah. Uh, so we open an office in New York. We have about 40 people in New York. Uh, obviously, people in Tel Aviv. And we have a few people in Europe just to cover the, the entire time zone. Uh, we have remote people in, in the U.S. on the West Coast. And are these and- outsourced uh, call centers or are these in-house? Nope. They're all in, in the house. house. Wow, in-house. my goodness. And, and we hire for super smart people. So it's not about finding, you know, fresh graduates. Uh, yeah, $8 it, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's about hiring super smart people uh, really? and, and, and making them part of the team. Again, I feel the ROI we got from that uh, on our customers and the brand that we're building is unbelievably positive. Hmm. So I feel that on our path to build this big brand, it's it's one of the most important things that we can do, invest in our customers. We are a very customer-centric company, and I'm super proud of the customer success team we have here. They're amazing. Uh, and, and obviously, it's not easy, you know, as we scale, you know, to keep that kind of uh, KPI of, of under 10 minutes, it's super hard. Yeah. Uh, so we scaling the team. Uh, we're now about 35 people in our customer success team, but also improving our processes and also always think about how can we reduce the amount of tickets that we have by mm-hmm. improving the product. Um, so right. like everything we do in the company, we're very analytical about this. We measure everything and we try to constantly improve. Um, and, and, you know, it's a challenge, but it's one of those things that I feel is so uh, tied in our brand and, and the company that we build. Like, if you read reviews about money.com, it's always two things. One is the product, and the second thing is our customer success. Yeah. It, it's yeah. what our customers are, are very proud of. It's incredible. Uh, wow. How, what do you do as a founder? Like, how do you manage your time, right? Because now you're not in the business as much as you were at the beginning. So what do you, what do you focus your time on? 
Yeah, well, it's a great question because, <laughs> uh, you know, back in the days I, I used to write code and then I realized I can't do this anymore. Right. So I would go over the code that other people wrote and I can tell you that I haven't written code in about a year and a half now. <laughs> okay, uh, great. And, and there's so many aspects of the business uh, I need to address, uh, you know, from sales to customer success to R&D product. And, and I always feel about, you know, how can I make more and more impact? And, and one of the things that I've learned, I think, this year is, is first of all, how to say no. Uh, it, mm-hmm. You know, it became more, more and more tricky kind of to say no to stuff because it's very tempting. You know, you have so many opportunities. Uh, and and I always try to kind of look back at my week and think, you know, where have I been productive and where I kind of wasted my time? Where did I make the most impact and try to kind of iterate on that from, from one week to another? But I can say I, I have much to improve yet because I feel, you know, I'm, I'm efficient right now, but uh, I can be much more efficient. So right now I spend most of my time meeting people, uh, whether it's, it's in meetings or uh, one-on-one sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost don't get any work done myself. Uh, but always trying to think about how can I make myself redundant? I ca- how can I, you know, empower the people? How can I impact, you know, bigger aspects of the company? So it's like an ongoing battle for me. I love it. Wow. Whew. This has been like literally gold, like just gold, <laughs> pure pure gold around it. So it's amazing. Um, I'm going to have to listen back to this myself and, and take more notes. Uh, and for those of you listening, I mean, I would honestly highly recommend if you if you were jogging or driving or whatever it was you were doing I would really recommend going back listening and then just like writing down the notes because there's so much um, that that Iran shared Uh, it's 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 a lifetime of of knowledge of how to build a successful company. Um, but before we go, I want to, there's one question that that I think a lot of people want to know the answers to at least especially me. how much did you pay for monday.com <laughs> how much was it it must have been expensive i mean monday.com it's right what, yeah. what was the price on that yeah so um first of all it took me about 14 months uh, really? to get the domain yeah it was a long process um so we had a benchmark of how much it should cost uh, so we checked we actually checked how much People ask for uh, Friday.com and Thursday.com and Wednesday.com. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask uh, that next. <laughs> yeah, so it was about uh, 250 So this is roughly how much we paid for Monday.com. $250,000? Yeah, yeah. Quarter of a million dollars just for a name. Listen, wow. I mean, wow, 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 wow. It, it's That's... one of the best things that we've done. I, you weren't so even happy. hesitating. Wait, you weren't even he- You just went, okay, sure, let's just buy it. You weren't even thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe we should go no, with like look, my knees my Monday when we've com, done it. Right? <laughs> MyMonday.com, yourMonday.com, OurMonday.com. <laughs> we, we, we bought the domain uh, after our A round, so we didn't have a lot of money in the bank uh, really? back then. It was big money for us. But again, I feel it, it's the same notion of we want to build a big company. This is the right timing. It's only get, going to get harder, you know, from this point on. Let's just do it and let's just invest for the future. Uh, and, I love that. And, yeah, so it makes sense for us and I'm so happy that we've done it. I'm so proud of the name and the brand that we're building. So it's a big part of it. 
Iran, you're a, you're a massive inspiration. I mean, it's really it's all about mindset, uh, and clearly you have the right mindset to build this into a massive, massive household name uh, company. I'm rooting for you, and and uh, I'm I'm a big fan, um, and I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. So thank you so much uh, for coming on, Iran. Thank you very much for letting me pick your brain. And uh, for those of you that are still listening, you've got to go to Monday.com if you aren't already a user. You've got to try it. There's a free trial, right? They have yeah, a f- it's, it's a 14 uh, days free trial and then okay. uh, according to the amount of users that you want to use. So let me say this. It's an absolute no-brainer. If you don't try it out, you're an idiot, okay? You shouldn't be in business. <laughs> Go do something else because I'm telling you, this is going to this is gonna change your business. I promise you. You try it out for 14 days. It's monday.com. Okay, the guy spent a quarter of a million dollars for that name, so please don't forget it. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.